the latest episode of Cross Corner. Today's guest is a singer and actress. She developed her love of performing and appearing on stage at age three with ballet dance. At age five, she played the role of Chip in Beauty and the Beast. By age 10, she was already working with such established stars as Molly Ringwald. Other roles include Christmas All Over Again with Joey Lawrence, Saving Christmas with the iconic actor Ed Asner, and many, many more, which we're going to get into later in an interview. I can hardly wait to talk about that. Her love of singing and songwriting also began at a very early age. She co-wrote her original song, Hurricane, with Robbie Rosen of American Idol fame at age 13. At age 17, she was signed to Suave Records and hasn't looked back since. Her latest single, Temporary, was released March 9th on the Hot Vibes record label. It had an incredible 29,089 streams in one day on Spotify. So what am I waiting for? Let's get right to it. Please welcome the extremely talented Lexi White to the Claws Corner. Lexi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I had so much fun doing my research on you, and I'm just so impressed. I mean, I mentioned that number just in one day, but you updated me before the interview started. How many streams has that song Temporary, which was released only on March 9th? Right now, it's only March 22nd. How many streams do you have so far? So in less than two weeks, we have over 200,000 streams on Spotify. I'm right. in awe. I don't know how to feel about that. That's like insane to me. Feel good. Feel very good about that. I definitely feel very good. It's still so surreal. It just makes no sense. I'm like, there's no words. There's no words. Do you have somebody marketing for you? No, just me and my mother, I guess. Oh my God. Wow. She is the my best mom momager. She's a very good momager. That woman, oh, she, she's got it down pat. She knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, most definitely because I, well, I had your brother Tyler on the show about right. maybe six months ago and your mother, I'm friends with both of them on Facebook. I see everything you two do because, and not even from your Facebook page, not even from your brother's Facebook page, it's always your mother. Tyler did this, Lexi's over here, I love it. <laughs> oh, she's, she's so proud of us. She's very supportive. Same with my dad, my whole family even. They're very supportive of everything that we do. I have a little brother too. He's great in basketball. And so everyone is just very supportive of us. We're all very, very achieving. We're doing great things for our ages. So okay. it's really awesome. Yeah, definitely. We're all very proud. <laughs> at this, at this uh, talk, you think you have your, what, 19th birthday coming up? So you're only 18 right now. Yeah. You've already accomplished. We're going to talk about all the different things you've accomplished. I just gave a partial list. I mean, you wrote your, you're doing ballet at three by five, you are acting by 10 and 13. You wrote your first song. But I want to talk about temporary right now, because that was the song that was just released. It has the astronomical amount of streams. Yeah. So what is that song about? So I wrote this song after I was getting led on by a boy that was playing with my feelings. And uh, this was last year. So uh, EMDI and BRT, they actually collabed on this mix together. They created an instrumental and they sent it to me and my co-writer and vocal producer, Robbie Rosen from American Idol. And it was like, hey, you know, we think that your voice would be amazing on this track. How about you hop on the beat, give us some bars and um, get the mix together and then we'll let you know what we think. I was like, okay. So Robbie and I were in this writing session and I was kind of just like, you know, this is what's going on in my life right now. This is what I want to stem from. So we wrote about this boy that was playing with my feelings and he was always coming and going in my life saying he wanted to be with me or ran romantically, but he couldn't be saying he wanted something with me, but he couldn't, he didn't know how to. So he was always coming and going. It was like every two weeks he would pop back in after being gone for a month, always trying to come back into my life. So 
I wrote the song temporary saying how he was never fully there. And honestly, I'm glad he's not. So <laughs> I was just going to say, we, all of your fans could really thank him right now. Oh, they <laughs> could very much thank him. Oh, I'm not really talking though, but <laughs> they I don't really think the song permanent would have been as good as temporary. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny because my current boyfriend now says that joke all the time. He's like, what if I put out a song called Permanent? How would you feel? It'll get better streams than that. I was like, oh my gosh, please. No competition, though. <laughs> no competition. No, it's all love. Of course. Of course. You know what I love? The most people say, write what you know. I mean, at such an early age, most people don't have that maturity to be able to do that. So I'm really hmm. impressed, not only with everything you've done so far, but at this age, you could say, well, this is how I feel. I want to put it on paper and I want to make a song out of it. So you, you mentioned um, EMDI and BRT. For my fans out there and viewers, who are they? I know they're musicians, but who exactly are so they? EMDI they and BRT, they are a sound house, slap house, instrumental beat drop duo. They are not exactly always partners, but they do tend to partner together. They're both very individual artists, but they do collab on projects together because they bring out great qualities in each other because they both are very, very talented musicians. Um, they are very awesome house DJs. And so when they come together, I've done two songs with both of them. And then my first song, Better Without You, that one was just with EMDI. Wreck was with EMDI and BRT. And then temporary was again with EMDI and BRT. They are a great mix together. EMDI is very talented. That was the first producer I ever worked on a song with, and he tied it all together. It was it was amazing. The first time I ever heard a mix from going from a piano ballad demo track to a house slap mix masterpiece. Like it was just it was amazing to see that and to watch the progress go. It was just awesome. Now they approach you. Well, kind of a little bit of both. So for temporary, they did approach me about that. For Better Without You, which was my first one, that was my first record deal. We approached EMDI. Robbie is good friends with EMDI. They actually have some songs out together themselves. Robbie is also an amazing singer. He has songs out all the time. Like he's put out tons of songs every like week. He puts out like maybe three a week or so. He's very talented and very on top of his game. He's so amazing and I very much look up to him. Like if I, if there's one person that inspires me with music, I think it's definitely Robbie. I've, cause I've been working with him since I was 12, 13 years old. So when I think of like, if I'm writing a song just on my own, I'm like, okay, well, what would Robbie write? What would Robbie sing? How would Robbie sing this? And that's kind of how my brain works in that kind of situation. Um, I like that. But all right, <laughs> so another question, you're 12 years old. How'd you come into contact with uh, Robbie? Oh, you're going to love this story. We talked about Ed Asner before. Here's the story. So Ed Asner gets um, this award, Lifetime Achievement Award. It's in Long Island, New York. He invites my mom to go with him as his date, even though he's like father figure to her, but whatever. And so they go together, have a great time. Robbie Rosen is opening up the ceremony. He's singing. And of course, my mom, she's an Italian woman and she is a talker. She goes up to him and she says, you know, my daughter likes to sing too. So um, maybe you guys could meet, you know, maybe you guys could work on like vocal exercises and stuff, like just like prompting him maybe as like a vocal coach or something like that. But then it ended up going so much further than that. And we ended up writing our first song together, Hurricane. 
And then we did a music video for that. And the guy that directed the music video, his father was in charge of who sings for the Mets at City Field in New York. And um, his father asked, James Phillips, his father asked me to um, sing for them. Not once, not twice, but three times I sang for them. Three times a charm. exciting. (laughs) Did the national anthem, I'm guessing. I did the national anthem and then I did God Bless America twice. So that was during the seventh inning stretch. I really need your mom to uh, represent me. <laughs> Honestly, she probably would. She definitely would. <laughs> if you're listening right now, watching this, I need your representation. <laughs> I like what you're doing. <laughs> so, so you two have been working together. You and Robbie have been working together ever since then. And you, with yeah. all the songs. And he, does he always help co-write the songs? He does. Because I, I could write by myself, but I feel as though I work better bouncing ideas off of someone else, especially someone who is at a lot higher writing level than I am. Robbie has been doing this for years. He's been musically inclined since he was probably like, I think in second grade it was. He's absolutely amazing. He plays so many instruments. He plays his vocal cords like crazy, like there's no tomorrow, crazy range of agility, everything to hit all these different notes. He's amazing. And so being able to work with someone of that kind of expertise is just a lot it's a lot smoother of a process than if i was to just do something myself if that makes sense and i love that because some people might have an ego and say oh i don't need any help i think it's better if you work with somebody who's been in the business a lot longer and maybe is at a different peak than you so then you can learn i love that attitude because you're learning from them saying say i don't need your help i'm good enough right now i look as i have like two hundred thousand streams who needs you so i love the fact that you are very humble and that that makes it even better because you're learning so much from people that have already been where you are right now well there's always work to be done i mean i'm yes right now i'm at two hundred thousand streams in less than two weeks but I want to get to the point where it's two hundred thousand streams in an hour that's my goal i want to be able to be where I am right now within the first hour of a song dropping. That's what I want to get to in my life. You know what, what when, not if, when that happens, we're gonna to have to have you live on the Claws Corner. We're gonna to to spread to the world. Like, all right, right now, make it 221,000. All right, we will do that, we will do that. I'll hold you to it. Oh, I, I you don't have to, I'm, I'm definitely, you. no, definitely. You, we're friends on Facebook now, you know how to get in touch with me, please yeah. reach out to me. Okay. <laughs> so what, what's your process, do you write the, do you help write the music as well? Or do you just write the lyrics? Robbie kind of does the music. He does the music. I give the inspo for the song. And then we create a Google Doc and we bounce different words or phrases that remind us of this topic. And then we kind of just write verses or just lines of lyrics that correspond with the topic and the little words or phrases that we already previously wrote on this document. And we kind of just go from there. And then it's always like, you know, a b a b for the verse and then you know we got the pre-chorus the chorus second verse pre-chorus chorus and then that's pretty much how it is with edm music at least so for you did you take singing lessons at a very very early age no <laughs> not at all so it's, it's just all natural talent i guess you could say that <laughs> i guess so <laughs> thank you but no i took i took singing lessons for a little bit maybe like a year of my life i actually took religious synchronized singing lessons but i haven't taken a lesson in a very long time and i definitely need to get back into that i got to keep the voice healthy got to keep it growing 
Um, I do a lot of vocal exercises on my own. Like I just look them up on YouTube, like as warm ups and stuff. But there's definitely a lot more that I need to know because, again, there's always work to be done. So. One of the things I think would be so tough, which might be easy for you, were you ever taught to uh, breathe through your diaphragm? They always say, they say singers are. And I was taught and I'm very, very able to do that. And I'm very happy that I could do that. It takes, it makes holding a note so much easier and it makes hitting a note so much easier. It just feels like a breath of fresh air instead of feeling like strained, if that makes sense. But yeah. Very cool. So you uh, right now, how many songs do you have released? Three? So technically I have four, but I have three songs that are out with record deals. So I really only count three, but really there is four. Hurricane would be the fourth one. Yes. Or is that the fourth one? And that was the one you wrote at age 12 with yep. the video. Is that, so that never made it to the record, but it's out there on YouTube land for people who want to check it out. Yeah. I mean, we Thank never you. actually tried or like reached out to a record label to get it signed or anything, but, um, We've had a lot of luck with these songs. So it's like the first label that we contact that we're like, hey, you know, maybe you want to sign this, put this out. This is the mix we got going. Um, like that'll be like me, EMDI and BRT will like send out an email. And uh, we haven't gotten denied by our first email yet. So like, it's been crazy. So Better Without You with EMDI, that got signed to Suave Records. That came out June 18th or June 17th this past year in 2022. Then we had Wreck, which was with both EMDI and BRT that came out in October. That was signed to Storm Music Group Records. And then the third song with the record deal, Temporary, which is my latest release. That's with both EMDI and BRT again, and that is signed to Hot Vibes Records. Why did you have a different label for each song? Do you, it's just that you wanted to release a single and then you found somebody else approached you and said, oh, I would love to have you on my label. It's or a variety or exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every label has its own audience. So, you know, not everyone is the same, although the type of music is the same. You know, all these labels are from different parts of the world. None of these are in the United States. So it's very, very different types of people kinds of people listening to this music different areas of the world are going to be listening to different you know they're going to listen to the record labels where they are so it's just it's a lot more exposure and it's very interesting to see the rates like i go on like my spotify for artists app and i get to see all the statistics of what's going on with my songs and seeing that my song has been played 912 times in india and you know 2000 times in Aruba, like that's crazy. That is crazy to see, but that's what makes it so much more worth it going overseas for labels because it's that much more exposure. Like when do you hear that your song is getting played in Aruba as a girl from Connecticut? Like that's crazy to me. Yeah, you know what, um, I, you bring up a great point because a lot of people, a lot of musicians, older musicians complain about things like Spotify, Amazon Music, and they're like, oh, I miss the good old days because, you know, we really don't get paid, which is probably true. You're probably getting pennies for each song. But back then, you didn't have the exposure that you have now. Now, as you just mentioned, you'd be played all over the world just with the touch of a button instead of just, you know, oh, here my album's coming out and maybe, you know, you get 400,000 people listening to it, which is a great number, but. Yeah. No, so I, social I, media too is a very good thing, especially yeah. in this day and age. Like it, 
obviously, you know, obviously everything has its downs, but there are a lot of perks for being a singer, being able to promote yourself without needing someone to, you know, put you in a magazine, you know, like how they used to do and how else they would promote, like in the newspapers and stuff, you know, obviously they still do that, but you know, you just press post on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and it blows up from there. Like on TikTok, I did one video and I wore my mom's dresses from different events that she went to because my mom's an actress and my parents met on Law and Order because my dad's was an assistant director on there for 13 years. So I wore a couple of her dresses in the video saying which like events she wore them to, like the Emmys and stuff like that. And that got 7.1 million views. And my TikTok followers went from less than a thousand to fifteen point five thousand. So oh. now it's like crazy. And I have fans, and they call themselves um, the Sexy Lexi Squad, and that's sexy with an I to match the spelling of my name. So it's um, it's kind of crazy. And people that's are like, great. "Oh my gosh, I love you. you're my idol." I'm like, <laughs> "That's crazy to me. I don't know." No, that's great. I, I love it. Though. It's great. <laughs> Like you should get like a background saying Lexi and the sexy Lexis. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> that much. Funny. That's I us. Love... That's my squad. Um, a lot of musicians I've been interviewing lately also said this. They said that they prefer to release singles instead of albums because they said people, it's more of an ADD nation. People have such short term um, attention span where they said, well, I'd rather release a song and then maybe another month release another one, maybe another month release another one instead of releasing a full album like they did in the past because people will release and you're like, oh, whatever happened to them? I haven't heard from them in a while. You, yeah. So I think it's, do you prefer that as well, releasing singles at a time instead of a full album? I mean, I haven't been working on an album. I don't see myself having one out anytime soon because the rates with singles are a lot better, especially as a newer artist. Once you have a name for yourself, an album is what you need. If you have that big fan base and people want more music from you where a single isn't enough to satisfy them, that's completely different. Like Ariana Grande, I am begging her for another album, but no one is begging me for one yet. Once it gets to that point, then we could talk albums. But as for right now, I'm really satisfied with my singles. The, um, the rates that they're going at are pretty awesome considering so... I really think the sexy Lexis have a different opinion. I think they want an album from you. <laughs> That's just I mean, my guess. They asked a couple times, but I don't know. I even have fan pages on TikTok. Like they make edits of me. Like I'm like, who am I? I'm so them. flattered. I'm so honored. I don't understand what I did to deserve this. I I'm still at a loss for words. I feel like life is just treating me so well, and I don't know what to do about it. So, best thing is that you you're appreciating it. I can tell like how appreciative you are and you're not taking it for granted. So that's a great thing. That, so, I could and, never, I, I very much take everything very much to heart. My parents have taught me and my siblings how to be very grateful for what we have. Cause you know, we were a type of family that we see what goes on in the world. And you know, a lot of people aren't as fortunate to be able to go for these opportunities like obviously I work for what I do. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of hard work, but um, connections do also have a big effect on things. Connections don't secure a deal for you. They don't secure a role for you in a movie, but it does open the door a little smidge, but it's up to you to kick that door open. So obviously I am very fortunate with 
the doors that my parents have opened for me because honestly none of this would happen if my parents weren't who they are now but I did also make this pathway for myself they gave they like gave me an opportunity for an opportunity but I'm the one that really walked that path by myself I always said that I said you know they gave you the key but you got in there and you proved yourself. You, you, they could have given you the key. You could have opened the door. And if you didn't have the talent to back it up, they would have been like, yeah, okay. That, <laughs> thanks anyway. So yeah, yeah. You, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great mixture of both. It's great to have that connection. But if you didn't have those connections, I mean, if you didn't have the talent to back it up, they wouldn't, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. So definitely. And, and I've listened to this. The only one I haven't listened to yet was Hurricane. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've listened to all the other ones and you are extremely talented. I loved every song. Thank you. Another one I want to talk about is when you mentioned it already, but I want to talk about the song Wreck. What's the inspiration for that song? Whew. Okay. Oh, this is deep. This is very, <laughs> very deep. So um, an ex-boyfriend of mine and ex-friends of mine too, you know, people are not always the nicest. And I feel like I have had bad luck in that department up until now. Right now, my life is, you know, decent knock on wood but it's you know the people in my life i love the people that i have in my life and the people that support me that's what keeps me going but you know for a while a couple years ago it was very rocky for me and i feel like i didn't know who my real friends were i was in a relationship that was not very healthy for me and so that's what wreck is about um the actually the words for the pre-course are that you'd manipulate me, always blame me, use your words just to degrade me like you hate me. And um, yeah, so it's pretty much just a direct target to whoever has hurt me. That's pretty much what that is. You know what, somebody mentioned it, cause I, I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting and I had, I went to um, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, like I said, and one of the DJs there said, a lot of people when they're their most happy are the least creative. A lot of people when they're at their, their worst, maybe not the worst, but when something's going on, some kind of conflict, and you can correct me if I'm wrong how it works for you, but most people say that's when the most creativity comes out because you just are writing, doing whatever you want to do. If you're singing or yep. writing a book, and that's when you have all the, and then when you get, you know, wealthy and you're relaxed, you get comfortable, and maybe you're like, yeah, you sort of become more apathetic. So yeah. in a way, and it's done very well for Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is an <laughs> understatement. Oh my gosh, she's on another world tour right now. She is living her life, slaying the game over here. I, I can't. But no, like you said, I feel like writing from a darker place, from conflict and those emotions, that is definitely what gets the creativity going. I feel like yeah. for me, it's a lot easier to write from a bad experience. Like right now, I'm in a very happy, very loving relationship with my boyfriend and I like Robbie joked about it one time and he said, you know, maybe we should be writing some happy love songs. I was like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't know how to do that. That's foreign to me. I don't get it. So it's just, <laughs> you know, some things come easier than others. And you would think that happy songs are easy to write, but I think those are the hardest. I tried. I can't make a song about how much I love this boy. I can't. I'm trying. <laughs> like I'm making that my homework and I'm going to make a song for his birthday. I'm going to have it fully mixed telling him how much I love him in a song. But how do you say that without saying it? Wow. That's the key. I don't know how to get that key. And it's driving me nuts. 
<laughs> you have to tell, tell him to stop being such a great guy to you. <laughs> I said that to him. I was like, can you just treat me bad for like a week so I could have some inspiration, please? Like I'm at a dull stop right now. I don't know what to write about. There's nothing bad. I'm sick of it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm too happy. I can't stand it anymore. I'm too happy. It's so annoying. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. Bro, write a song about how tired you are of being happy. It's exhausting. <laughs> Smiling all the time. Just already... out of like, habit. Like it's just it's very it's very infuriating. I, I don't know. I'm uh, getting sick. I I have so much sympathy for you. I feel so bad for your life well, right I now. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Your condolences really resonates with me. Thank you. Thank you. You have the will to go on. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying. All right. Dude, see, we're already you're already inspired. By the time we're done with this episode, you're gonna have a new song. <laughs> I just don't want to be happy anymore. That's gonna be the <laughs> pretty soon you'll be crashing Ticketmaster as well. Oh, I wish. That's my dream. That's you my play, dream. Do you play out anywhere in the area? No, I haven't. I mean, right. there was one time when, well, my only live performance with my songs was on Channel 8, no, Channel 3 News. Um, yeah, that was in October. That was when Wreck came out. I sang that live on air. And um, that was really cool. That was a really cool experience because I had, like, the backing track vocals, like, with the harmonies. And then I was singing live. So it was, like, very cool, like, surround sound feeling it was really awesome so that's the only live performance i've ever done i would love to do more that would be awesome sure i mean there's so many great local places in the area that would love to have you but it's funny because you're you're so young they might not let you in you might not be old enough to be in these places <laughs> but that's okay i won't go i won't go in the bar area I, that's fine <laughs> oh exactly I'll, I'll, I'll sing over here they can drink over there i don't care Set up some connections for me. I will. You know what? I definitely will. Because I, I threw comedy. I did comedy for about five years. And I have a lot of friends that are in bands. I'm going to I'm gonna talk to some people. Because I know a lot of people that own clubs. So I'll, okay. I'll be in touch with them. Thank yeah. you so much, Rich. Oh, Thank you're, you. You're very, you're very welcome. <laughs> I just, I feel so bad because you're, uh, you're far too happy. And I need to do something for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna... been rough. It's been rough. No, I know. <laughs> Hopefully you can go on. So how many, how many, right? We talked about temporary, how many streams you had. Now, Wreck, how many streams did you have with that one? So I'm pretty sure that in like the first, it took like about three weeks or so to hit 100,000 streams. I'm pretty that's sure great. that's what the rate was. Yeah. So the rate that, and same thing with Better Without You, it took a little longer than how it is now to just hit 100,000. So the rate that, temporary is going at right now with hot vibes it is skyrocketing at a rapid rate and like hot vibes i've heard a lot of things that they are very good with streams that they get a lot of streams and i don't know exactly how that works like i don't know how different record labels have more like pull than others but it's very interesting to see the numbers climb and so I myself don't exactly have a name for myself, but EMDI and BRT do. So they have over millions of monthly listeners on Spotify, people that follow them. And their names are on songs that I'm on. Our names are together. So whoever listens to it on EMDI and BRT's pages, they also listen to it online. So I'm stealing clout from them 
but it's also my own. So it's my voice on the track. So I guess that's like rightfully so, but um, it's really cool to watch that though, because now that temporary's out, it's not like the numbers for that are just climbing, but Wreck and Better Without You are also going up pretty well right now too. So it's pretty cool to see that because there's like on Spotify, I have, there's Alexi White Radio. I'm like, who am I? I'm verified on there. Who am I? Like I, yes, I may have gotten three record deals, but I'm still this little girl from Connecticut. I go to a community college for my degree. So it's like, I don't even, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Life is just so weird. It just makes no sense. I don't even get it good kind of weird that I would like to have where like I had so much success I don't know why but it's why is this happening like I don't understand what else happened I want to but talk about very thankful. very thankful yeah no that I could definitely tell and I said I, I love that I love people that are appreciative of what they had instead of just going the other way where they're just they get to a certain level and they're so full of themselves like huh, I'm a star now like you're gonna be yeah. you're gonna be knocked off your uh little platform soon exactly well another thing you've done i'm really curious how this happened was air apostle stores your music is being played there how'd that get started i honestly had no idea that it was being played there i haven't gone to a mall since like before covid yeah. and someone texted me a couple weeks after wreck was released so this was in like october november time and they said hey i'm in danbury mall right now and your song is playing and they sent me a video. I was like, oh my gosh, what store are you in? They're like, Air Apostle. I was like, you're lying. They were like, <laughs> can you hear it? I was like, yeah, but what? <laughs> like that, that is crazy to me. That is absolutely insane. Yes. So obviously- Who am I? Like that, how, how'd they, how? I was just gonna ask you, they, I mean, maybe they got permission from, which song was that? Was that from Hot Vibes record or was it the other record label? They must've had to get permission. I was from store music group. They don't necessarily need like permission, but whenever they play it and it's like in a store like that, that's money in our pockets. So they don't really got to ask for permission for that. Cause we're, I guess, benefiting from it. So yeah. and you, know I really wouldn't care. Like, I mean, you're going to get a little bit of money from that, but also you're going to get yeah. so much exposure. People are being involved. Oh, oh what song is this? Who's that? It's crazy. Like a crazy amount of exposure. Like this is, this was a girl that I haven't spoken to since my freshman year of high school. And she texts me out of the blue. She's like, hey, your song is great. I just heard it in Danbury Mall. I'm like, oh, thank you. You're lying. Thank you. Like, what is going on? It's just the life is too happy. It has to stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I don't know what to do. You it's very stop being so I I'm have trying. To stop being so damn happy. Something's got to go wrong. We need, I, I need, we need another I, song. Something needs to go wrong. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling my my amazing, loving, caring boyfriend, be mean to me, please. Like just <laughs> like, as my birthday gift, my birthday's in two weeks. Everyone listening, it's in two weeks. Like as my birthday gift, he should just he should just be mean to me. So I have some I, songwriting inspiration. I say completely blow off your birthday. Don't talk to you for a month. And it's just once you write a couple, write, write maybe an album's worth of songs and then you get back together and life can go on. I like That's it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Rich, That's you get it. I do get it. I do get we're it. We're all the same wavelength. It's just, we're twins at this point. I don't Exactly. You know. <laughs> so how many countries are you currently streaming in then? 
Let's check. Let me look right now. I love it. We're getting a live update here on the Claws Corner with Lexi White. We're getting a live update. So right now we see the number climbing with the amount of listeners. It's really cool. It's kind of blurry. I'm sorry. But right now it's actually at 218,980 streams and 44 people are currently listening right now to temporary. So that's very exciting. Let's see. I think you're going to up my ratings. I, I love this. People are going to want to say, oh, wait, I want to see Lexi White on this interview. So I think you're, you're doing me more of a favor than I'm doing for you. <laughs> So right now, the top country that it is being played in is Brazil. Oh, wow. Brazil. Brazil. Then there's wow. Poland, Mexico, Germany, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, Spain, Chile, India, Netherlands, Colombia, Italy, Switzerland, Belgium. Wow. 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 Did the what about the U.S.? Did we even make the list? Oh well, they're on there too. But I just figured that was like a given, I guess. <laughs> that's but that's crazy. That's actually the first time I actually read a lot of that list. That's insane. Wow. That's very very important. Unfortunately, it's going to make you even happier reading it. So I know. Like why? Like oh. sorry. Rich, you're prompting this. This is well, your fault. It is my fault, and I take full responsibility. And I'm going to make it even worse for you because I think this is something else that is a great achievement. What was it like working with producer Earl Cohen, who worked with Lady Gaga, Usher, The Temptations, Anita Baker, and Lexi White? <laughs> he is amazing. When I tell you he is a star and he knows how to produce stars because he has. Like, he was one of the first producers that worked with Lady Gaga. He obviously no one can make Lady Gaga but Lady Gaga, but he helped her get to where she is today. And winning an Emmy, Grammy, what is it? Emmy? Um, yeah. No, Grammy. Grammy is music, Emmy's TV. Ah, Grammy. So he won a Grammy for her first album. Like that's that's insane. Yeah. So there was a lot of songwriting inspiration over the summer. So um, one of my good friends, Aylan Maldonado, she passed away from osteosarcoma cancer in July and was very close with her, very close with her family. And after she passed, there was a very, very dark, dark point in my life. And it's still there. It comes and it goes as grief does. But um, she was very young. She was only 16 when she passed. And so it was very, it was very sudden almost too. No one was really expecting that to happen. So it was just very interesting that that was the outcome. Just very awful, very everything, not good. And so a couple weeks before she uh, she passed away, um, I wrote, I started writing a song with Earl for her as like a fight song, you know, by Rachel Platten. I don't know if you know that song. This is my fight song. You know, it's like that. And so not exactly like that, but it's, you know, a song of hope that was written for her. And I wrote that with Andrew Thomas. He's an amazing writer too. So you wrote that together with Earl and she passed away before she could even listen to it. So I ended up singing that at her funeral, which was very hard for me to do. But um, uh, we don't exactly know when that song is coming out. I kind of want to hold on to it for a little bit longer. I want to see if it could get signed to a label before I put it out independently. And um, 
because I want it to get the recognition it deserves. I Obviously, I want to put it out as soon as I can because I want everyone who Aelin loved and everyone who loved Aelin to hear this song. But I also want to make sure that it gets the right attention that it deserves because it's such a heartfelt song for her. Like, I feel like holding on to it is what would make it a lot better in the long run, waiting for the right opportunity, waiting for the right record deal, if there's a record deal to come from it, because I'm still an independent artist. And so this is more of like a ballad pop song. It's not EDM. In EDM music, it's signed to labels a lot. That's like one of the main things. But pop songs, a pop label, that's a lot harder to get signed to because there's so many pop artists. That's probably the biggest genre there is. So it's a lot more difficult to find the right place for the song, right time for this to come out, because it's very, very special to me. And it's just, it's just a very meaningful song. I'm sure it'll be released at the right place at the right time. And I hope so. uh, just like everything else in your life, it's going to go very smoothly and very well. <laughs> I, I hope it does just for her. Like I want her to get the recognition that she deserves because she was so young fighting for her life. And, you know, it's just, you know, she lost her battle. And so she needs to be recognized for how great of a fight she did put up and how much she was trying and how much she was living for everybody else. And when she finally put herself first, she was late for, you know, an eternal nap. So I guess we did bring bring it down a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, there we go. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Lexi White. <laughs> See, I'm, I, I knew I could help you out. Well, you did help. Thank you. Well, I want to talk about Lady Gaga because I am a huge fan of her. Hmm. But you know what's funny? Because uh, when I first saw a, a concert, I think it might have been on HBO. I don't know where it was. She had a live concert on one of those streaming services. And I said, she is just a Madonna wannabe. That was my first saw. Then I saw her maybe a year or two later. I said, wow, who is this? I didn't realize it was the same one. She definitely found out who she yeah. was. And I love her. Like one of my favorite moments is when she was singing with Metallica. I, I was saying, James Hetfield, get off stage. Leave a, leave Lady Gaga here. She, she is just can sing any genre of music. She's a great performer. She has an awesome voice. And, uh, She's amazing. Like she is amazing. When her um first album Fame went yeah. platinum, Earl Cohen has the giant platinum plaque in his house. So obviously I took a picture with it. And um who can say they have that? Like that's that that's what I mean is why is why is this my life? I don't understand. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I'm a little girl from Connecticut. I'm not even 19. I'm not even legal to go sing in a bar. So I don't even know how that works. Who am I? Like, it just, it makes no sense. I don't get it. You are Lexi White, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going places. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so, Rich. And you're going to help me get it. I definitely am. I definitely, and I really will be making some calls uh, for different places that I know you would be great. Your music would go over very well. So we'll, we'll be talking. Well, we mentioned uh, the first song you had, uh, your first single was entitled Better Without You. You co-wrote that with Robbie Rose, and we talked about how you got um, hooked up with him through a good old family friend, Ed Asner. Yeah, no big deal. He's just, you know, like my second grandfather figure, but I'm no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Ever. It's the life I live. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. To me, it's just Ooh. good old Uncle Eddie. Oh. Go on. 
who calls up Ed Asner once a once a week, once every two weeks, and ends the call with, "All right, bye, love you, have a great, you know, whatever." Like, who does that? It's Mary Tyler Moore. I can't think of anybody. <laughs> that's just I. That's what I mean. Lost for words. You know, I know you. It seems like you have a lot of connections, so maybe we could help help each other out. You send some of the people my way; I'll send more people your way. I like this. It's good. What do you need, Rich? What do you need? I need some of those stars. <laughs> I need some of that. Those. Hopefully, I get that name for myself, and then you got one. Oh yeah, I well, I already have one. Believe me, I can. I I listen to your music. I love your personality. You're Thank definitely you. going to be going. I'm going to be seeing you up on stage somewhere, big concert tour. Be like. I have backstage passes. No, you don't. Get out of here, kid. <laughs> but I know. I met, I know Lexi. Yeah, sure you do. Everybody knows Lexi. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> That's the dream, Rich. That is the dream. You're going to be living it very soon. Well, I want to talk about you know Robbie Rosen. We mentioned with season ten American Idol. Do you have any plans of going on those reality shows? No, actually, no, I don't, and not for any like reason. There's not a specific reason. It's just. That's not the place in my life where I'm at right now. Yeah. I feel like um, there's also a rule that if you've had something signed, you can't participate in that. Really? So oh. yeah. So I wouldn't be able to anyway. I wouldn't be well, able. It's to. funny. I, I I always say this to people. I can only imagine people like Bob Dylan or Neil Young going up on stage now and they're like you never have a chance in music your voice is horrible so i could picture like you know these these legends from the 60s and that if american idol or you know the voice or any of those shows they would you know simon cowell be like really you want to be a singer so it's funny like you know i guess it's a different time but and i'm yeah. happy because i'm one of the people i'm gonna be interviewing hopefully well i've been going back and forth with miss constantine i don't know if you remember him from american idol he was on sort of the beginning like maybe the first four or five seasons he but i don't i don't even know i don't think i was yeah he wasn't a, he, it's funny he didn't win but it seems like the people that don't win are the ones that because he did broadway after that he did films that he don't win, win that come in like the top five those are the most successful people ever yeah exactly I, the only one that i know that won that still is doing well is kelly clarkson oh and carrie Underwood. i was just gonna say that yep. same wavelength same I'm telling you, we're the same person at this point. We we're twins. <laughs> I think we are no, separated no. at birth. But... <laughs> Kelly Clarkson is amazing too. And her music, like there's one song by her, Piece by Piece, chokes me up every time. Brings me to pieces. I, I, I love her music. I remember when, I mean, when she first came out, I bought the first couple albums and first CD. Now I just stream them. I, I haven't bought any late, but yeah, anything I listen to her, I love. And I, I think she is... Well, I think on the, I don't really watch the reality shows that much, but my wife watches them all the time. So I'll come on, come in the living room and I see her the voice on. And I love the way she and Blake go back and forth. I think they make such that a great. so yeah. funny to me. I yeah. love their connection on the show. It's yeah, so yeah. like last year when Ariana Grande was a judge, because Ariana Grande is probably one of my biggest female artists like that. I like would do anything and everything for that's Ariana Grande or SZA or Summer Walker. I have a very different listening style of music than the music that I do. Although I would really love to do R&B music. That is something that I think I definitely have a voice for. I feel like I have a more soulful, raspy voice. Like even just my talking voice, like you could hear this like, you know, little grit in there and singing it really does come out and it sounds amazing and very soulful, very powerful, very impactful. 
and that's some music I want to try producing and singing next. That's what I want to do. I love your attitude because I think so many people and um, I love people who have an open mind with music because I can go from Mozart to the Carpenters to Slayer yeah. in, in 10 minutes. It's a lot of my friends are like, oh, it's got to be only metal. It's like you're limiting yeah. yourself and there's, you're closing your mind because there's so many great. And I think it's going to make you a better singer if you listen to all these different styles of music and you're going to take a little bit from this, a little bit from that. Yeah. And it definitely shows in the songs that you've written so far. That's how you create your own sound as an artist is by yeah. being influenced by many different genres of music and many different artists as your inspiration. Like my biggest inspirations are like R&B pop musicians like just for their writing styles the way um they use their voice the way they s like sing certain words like their inflection like that is what i pick up on and i feel like there's little bits and pieces that you could say like if you listen to my voice maybe not at least when i listen back it's like oh i was definitely thinking of ariana grande when i sang that Definitely thinking of SZA when I sang that, like things like that, you know, I'm very influenced by different musicians, but my playlists go from Bohemian Rhapsody to Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill to, you know, Summer Walker, SZA, Ariana Grande to Hamilton. You know, it's just, it's a very, very wide variety of music in my Spotify playlist. So. You know what's funny for newer artists, um our friend Jillian that I mentioned, we mentioned the, what we both know. She says, Rich, you gotta listen to this girl. She's named or Olivia Rodrigo. And I said, let me listen. And she showed to me, I love her stuff. Olivia she's Rodrigo. So yeah. I, I would have never heard of her if it wasn't for Jillian, but she's showing me all the artists she likes. Another one, I mean, I knew about her, but another one that I like in that um, is Miley Cyrus. I think she, I always liked her even when she was on Hannah Montana, the show like yeah. years ago. I said, this girl's got something. You could just tell. that um is miley cyrus i think she is i always liked her even when she was on hannah montana the show like yeah. years ago i said this girl's got something you could just tell and right. i love her new music i love everything that she came out with so it's funny for like i'm you know i i like most of the stuff from like the well, I, I mentioned i like everything like from like this mm. 
this weekend I'm going to see a symphony in New Jersey. And then last week I went to go see a uh, Mystic Bowie, which is a reggae band that plays talking head songs. Ooh. So it's just, yeah, I can go from, but for newer music, like I'm just trying to think of some of the bigger names that like Miley Cyrus, Olivia, and then some of the people you mentioned. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot, a lot, lot of good music out there. Yeah. yeah. There is like music today, I feel like is so impactful too. Obviously it's impactful in every generation, every era, but the music that's being put out right now is definitely the peak in my opinion of music. I never get tired of the songs that I have on my playlist. I listen to the same things all the time because I don't get sick of them. It's usually R&B. It's usually just R&B like Brent Fayez and uh, who's another one that what's, who's another guy? Bryson Tiller, and you know, like it's just very much Don Tolliver. I love Don Tolliver. Recently fell into a Don Tolliver phase, and he needs to go on tour because I need to get tickets. Bryson Tiller just announced his tour, but he's not coming to Connecticut, and now I'm sad. All right, we'll talk about that. Let's talk about how sad you are that they're not going on tour. What I think you should do is bring them to Connecticut and have you open up, or actually have your mom call them up and say, you know what, my daughter's a singer too. She'd love to open up for you. I think, yeah, I think Mama Marisa needs to get on the phone, make some plans, get some things worked out for her daughter. I think that's what needs to happen. And because it's not happening as we speak, I am sad. And what you're going to have, to, you're going to need somebody to introduce you every night on stage. So I'm glad to do that for you. Rich Sear, I mean, that's, that's fine. You are more than welcome to come accompany me. That's, that's more than fine. Willing to ride your coattails. Okay. I mean, as long as as long as you're willing, you know, that's that's great. <laughs> you mentioned earlier in the interview that you sang at three New York Met games as well as the Connecticut Suns game. So um, once again, how did that come about? So when I sang for the New York Mets, my first ever original song entitled Hurricane that I wrote when I was 12 with Robbie Rosen, we did a music video for it. James Phillips directed it. And his father, Mark Phillips, he is was in charge of who got to sing for the Mets at City Field in New York. And he asked me to audition to sing Gabos America during the seventh inning stretch. This was in 2017. This was the same year that Hurricane came out. So I was in I was in seventh grade when this happened. And yeah, seventh grade. That's that's crazy. Looking back on that, I wasn't scared. How did I do that? 42,000 people. How was, how could a little 12 year old, 13 year old girl do that? That makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Sometimes I think it's better when you're that young, you're not thinking like that. When you get older, sometimes you become more self-conscious, conscious. I mean, so maybe it was better that you were so young that you're like, eh, it's just, for me, it was just the opposite. I was more shy when I was little. And then the older I got, I became more extroverted, but it's just I, amazing. I just, that I just think I've never been shy. That's never really been an issue for me. I'm very much an extrovert, but like people listening to this interview, they probably think that we've known each other for years. It's been 45 minutes. Like, <laughs> I know <laughs> we're already the best of friends. It's only been 45 oh, minutes. <laughs> oh, we're not even just best of friends. Remember we're twins. That's it. <laughs> we were lost at birth. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we've broken through that fourth wall. We did. We did. And you also dabbled a bit in politics. You sang at the national or sang the national anthem for both Governor Lendelman's inauguration in 2019, as yep. well as the opening of the 2020 session for the state senate. Yep, How? that was very awesome. That was yeah. really cool. 
because I'm personally, I'm not too much into politics. And at least at the time, you know, I couldn't even vote. And so that was something that I didn't really think about because I, there was no impact that I actually had politically yet. So being in a space like that, being the youngest person in there with, you know, big age gaps, you know, that was just like very much an honor to open up the day two years in a row. Like that was very, very awesome. Brought my family with me too. They were excited to see it. So it was cool. It was a fun, it was a good time. Well, how did, again, did he approach you or did you approach them? Honestly, I have no idea for that one. I really don't remember that. I don't know. Oh, no. Okay. So my step-grandfather, Pepe, Pepe, he actually contacted them and asked if I could sing there because Pepe is very much into politics. Pepe actually had a law passed. And so he is very much in there. He was going to actually run for something. I don't know if so he was going to run for something politically. I don't know if it was like mayor or something. I don't know. But he's very, very, very intelligent. And so he contacted the state capitol and was like, hey, my granddaughter is very talented and she would love to sing for you guys. And I'm not I don't know that he's doing this. And then he they email him back and they were like, we would love to have her because he sent them like some of my stuff like when I sing for the Mets and everything. And so then I go over to their house one day because I see my grandparents all the time. I go over there every week, multiple times a week for dinner, just to say hi, stop by for five minutes. They're my pride and joy are my grandparents. And so go over there one day. He's like, do you want to sing at the state capitol? I was like, are you pulling my leg? Like, what what are you saying? Are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Like, what's going on? Do we need to take you to the hospital? And he shows me the email. And I'm like, wow. So basically everyone in my family just has connections and is very good at giving me exposure. So basically they're all my biggest fans and they do anything for me because they love me so much and they support me that much. If Pepe ever decides to run for office, I will vote for him. With with the name like vote for Pepe, he's got my vote. (laughs) Vote for Pepe. Vote for Pepe. Pepe for president. Sounds like something from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Vote for Pepe. <laughs> I got to tell him you said that. He's going to go nuts when he hears that. Oh my God. And Pepe, thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> what is your dream collaboration? Oh, gosh. I know that's a tough one because you have so many different people that you like. But Bryson Tiller. Okay. Bryson Tiller doing like an R&B track. I'm singing to him. He's singing to me. Obviously not personally, but in the song, it looks like that, even though we're really just singing to the girl or guy in our lives. And um, that would be a really cool, like mirrored song. You know, it could be about loving them enough. It could be about, you know, an issue in the relationship. Who knows? Who cares? Probably an issue because that's a lot easier to write about, as we discussed earlier. Yes. um, Honestly, if I could ever collaborate with him, that would probably be the best thing ever. I'm going to have dreams about that now. We have to make this happen. Anybody watching out there, Momager, Marissa, Pepe, whoever else is watching. If anyone's listening that personally knows Brayson Tiller, 
call me. <laughs> I mentioned that you uh, you wrote Hurricane at age 12. Was yeah. that the first song? How old were you when you first started writing songs? Like, when did you realize when you're like, I want to do music. I want to, I want to write songs. I was probably like six years old. I still have my first songwriting journal and it is very embarrassing. It's a little journal I got from Justice and it has a giant L on it and it's pink and fuzzy and it's like a zebra thing. So it's like a pink and white zebra fuzzy cover. And, um, I have songs in there and I was so heartbroken as a six-year-old like my lyrics like I think I'm gonna steal some of those like she was very talented at that age like, I love it she had great inspiration but for what like who didn't push you on the swings at preschool like who like what are you heartbroken over Lexi like I don't understand so I don't know I'll have to go back in time and ask her I gotta figure that out can't wait to hear that song. Mom wouldn't let me have the chocolate chip cookie before breakfast. <laughs> she didn't. I'm still mad. I'm still mad. I'm still trying to get over that trauma. You just brought that up and now all the anger is back. I told you, I am here to help. Rich, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we could be twins anymore. Oh no, we could be twins. I'm doing you a favor. Before this end, end this interview, you're going to have tears, but it's going to be tears of joy when right, you're writing right, right. the next hit single. Right, 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 right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Speaking of depressing songs, what's your opinion of Billie Eilish? Do you like her? Love her. Okay. Love her, love her, love her. Because it seems like she, I don't really know the whole story, but I know she went through a lot in her life. And when that year she won everything, which was what, two, three years ago. And uh, I was really glad to see that because I know everything she's been through and, uh, and she, like you said, wears her heart on the sleeve. Yeah. And uh, she, she just lets it all out. Yeah, she does. She's amazing. Like the way that she writes her songs and the way that she sings them, there's this one Billie Eilish note that, like, even in songs that I've actually put out, there's like this little, like, dip, if you know what I mean. Like, mm, like yeah. something like that. Like, that is a Billie Eilish thing you hear that you think oh Billie Eilish and so like even when we were recording some of the songs like in Wreck I'm pretty sure it was Wreck or Better Without You one of the two it had a couple of those little diphthongs in there and um when we were recording it Robbie was like do the Billie Eilish thing yeah. I was like and I knew what he meant that's how much of a hold this girl this woman has on musicians like this is just her power it's crazy I love the fact she just came out of, for me anyway, came out of nowhere. It's like, where No, she you? did. She yeah. really did. Yeah. Like, crazy. And now she's singing the title song for James Bond movies. And yep. For me, I always say there's a huge difference between being a great musician and a great entertainer. And so for me, like an example would be for a great entertainer would be Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul McCartney. And then, but they're also great musicians too. So for you, like what would be, if you, I know it's, it's a tough question right off the, the top of the head, but if you could pick like best musician slash performer, what would it be? And performer? Yeah. Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Ariana Grande. I guess it wasn't that hard for you. <laughs> Not at all. Because all I do is look up their concert videos and their award show videos. That's all I watch in my free time. 
along with Pretty Little Liars and Vampire Diaries. Obsessed with those two. <laughs> but mostly videos of just Ariana Grande, but Katy Perry and Lady Gaga get thrown in the mix a lot too. Good, uh, a good group of people that uh, to uh, watch and learn from. It's a, yeah. it's a very good we mentioned earlier that you were signed to Suave Records at age 17. Yep. How'd you make that a reality? I still haven't. It still doesn't feel real. It really doesn't. And even like I have two other songs out now since, and it still doesn't feel like it's a real thing. Like I get it. I know it's real, but I don't think it's ever actually hit me how big of a deal this is to have gotten a record deal three of them yeah I mean, like nine. you said you've never had the word no uttered in front of you like all right we'll sign you all right we'll sign you <laughs> so that, that's good when it comes to my music it, i think i'm a little spoiled i don't know what that is but i yeah i yeah i there's no words <laughs> good <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me like it really does not it still doesn't feel real and it's been almost a year so it's just it's crazy yep. it's just gonna get bigger and better can't wait I hope so i hope so let's pray rich let's pray right, let's let's pray now yes <laughs> superstar <Thank> you. <laughs> your prayers will be answered i feel, I feel it already <laughs> no <laughs> got a little tingly in that one myself oh, sparkly <laughs> We'll the world <laughs> but you're, you're gonna call me tomorrow and say rich i wrote eight new songs last night thank you how much you want to bet actually no i'm no. i'm tired you know maybe not tonight but in the next week maybe maybe and do you write only when inspired or can you just sit down i know you said right now it's kind of a tough time because everything's going so well but i know do you or do you just say like do you get up at maybe one o'clock in the morning say oh my god i have this great idea and have to write it down before you forget it sometimes yeah like most of the time i mean like at least when life wasn't as smooth as it is right now yeah. there was a lot of moments throughout like a week where i would like write down lyrics or just sit down and write a song like last year i got into a car accident and so i was out of school for a while for the rest of the year and um that was last february I went, but I went to school, but I didn't go full days because I had my fifth concussion. And so I would just be home and I would just play piano and I would just kind of like make up lyrics. And that was what I did pretty much to like pass the time because I couldn't go on like electronics too much. So I would just, you know, play the piano, come up with some chords, you know, write some lyrics, just write everything down on paper. And yeah, so like music really is my passion, of course, you know, as people may assume, but it's like, like you don't know that feeling until you music is the thing that calms you down when you get anxious and writing helps you release your emotions instead of you know physically crying about it you're singing it out you know like it's like that's how you know that's what you want to do with your life if that's the thing that really makes you feel better if you're that sad did you did you take piano lessons or is that another one you just learned on your own just decide to wow you know, it's funny. Did... <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised, but <laughs> like a little child prodigy. Oh, stop it. My <laughs> older brother, Tyler, like he, he is a prodigy. He is a prodigy. Same with my little brother, Brandon. He's a prodigy too. He's 
they're both so smart. They are both so, so smart. Like Brandon has straight A's. He's never gotten a bad grade in his life. He's amazing at basketball. My older brother, he's an amazing singer. He's an amazing actor. He does all these plays. He does like the show choir. He does, you know, singing at coffee houses and stuff like that. Like he, he Tyler is so busy. It is ridiculous. He does it all. And I, yeah, so I, I think I everyone see- in our family has something going for him, you know, a little bit. I think you should have like the family act and just go on the road. I don't know if you remember the shows from the seventies, like the Osmonds and yeah. uh, Kevin. So you could uh, the Jackson Five. You could do something like that. Just take the uh, take. Well, the we actually want out. a reality show. We want a reality show. So we're right. thinking about. That. Well, you know what? When you have a reality show, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna interview you when you're on the reality show, so I can do a little promotion too. <laughs> I okay, like this. that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Well, that was a perfect segue because uh, you're talking about the acting with your brother. And if you want to check that out, that interview is on my YouTube channel, the Rich Sear channel. You can also find Spotify, Audible, iTunes, iHeartRadio. But you are also an actress. At age 12, you portrayed the title role in The Diary of Anne Frank at the Landmark Community Theater. Mm-hmm. So so let's talk about that. I'm thinking that there were some awards involved with that one. Yeah, there were. I don't remember exactly if I won awards for it but i was definitely nominated for like two or three of them but i don't remember but i won a couple other awards for other shows so there was like best actress in there pretty sure that was for anne frank i won best actress for that and then i won best actress in a musical for ragtime and there's another award i won too i think but yeah so when i did anne frank that was like a very surreal part of my life. I was only 12 years old playing, you know, normally people that play Anne Frank, they are a lot older to obtain the emotional portrayal that is really going on in this story. And not story in this part of her life. And doing that at such a young age, I didn't realize how challenging it really would be like it was like acting comes easy but trying to genuinely feel and actually feeling what this person like this isn't a character this is a real person that you're feeling their emotions like it's not like i was acting i was genuinely feeling it like the first time we ever rehearsed with the nazis breaking into the annex and taking us to the camps like genuinely scared genuinely scared screaming let everything out never seen these guys before in my life we started running the scene and that's what they did on purpose which was very good but you know it's just it's crazy how that works and so it was just a lot different being a 12 year old understanding that this is a real person who actually had to go through this. And it made it a very challenging role. And I think it definitely is one of the most challenging roles that anyone could ever portray because it's a real person. Because you really have to get everything down to a T between the mannerisms. It was a lot of studying I had to do. Like, it's not just memorizing lines and performing that. Like there was homework I had to do. I had to watch movies about her. I had to read her diary on my own and i mean i didn't have to i did i did my homework i wanted to make the portrayal as heartfelt and real as i could 
to make it, you know, cause it's for her, you know, it's in honor of her and her life and her story. I love the fact that everything you're involved with, you put a thousand percent into. I mean, at 12 years old, most people are like, I want to go outside and play. I don't have time to rehearse these lines. <laughs> you're over there reading diaries, watching documentaries. <laughs> I think people in their forties yeah. are like, I don't have time for this. So, <laughs> there's, there's a reason why you went home with three awards that night or were nominated anyway. Yeah. 12 year old Lexi, she was, she was a trooper. She was, she put her heart and her soul into that role. She did. She did a lot that year. She had Hurricane come out in the summer. Then she had Anne Frank in March and April. And then in July, she sang for the Mets. She did a lot that year. She was very busy. <laughs> wow. I miss her. I want that life back. <laughs> That's, I want to be her again. That's what I want. That would make me happy. That would make me have songwriting inspiration this reminds me of the i don't know if you remember these shows it was called behind the music where it starts it's if you if you watch it i think it used to be on the e channel or vh no, vh1 where it starts off the musicians at the height of their career then they ha they have the the part where they're down and out they don't know what to do with their life and they have the comeback so right mm -hmm. now is the part where you hopefully maybe in another couple of years you'll have to come back and be little lexi to be back <laughs> You could oh, do like a diary of Anne Frank reunion or something. And oh my gosh, I wish. I hope. <laughs> Let's do it. Please. We're going to make all this happen. Okay, great. Well, I meant you mentioned a little bit. In 2017, you played Little Girl in Ragtime, which was mm -hmm. another musical. What? How did you get into acting now? I mean, I know you mentioned some people. We're going to talk about some of the movies next. Was it through the connections that your parents had with acting? Is that what, where your love came from? No, actually, it, it kind of, unless the love was genetic, but I don't really think that's exactly how it works. I don't know. I kind of just started, I started doing dance when I was like three, did ballet. And then I played Chip and Beauty and the Beast when I was like five. And it, just since then, I just always had a love for performing and being on stage and then it eventually went into love for being in front of the camera and, you know, being behind a mic. So it's just like, it kept growing. And so it went in its phases. Like right now I'm definitely in my music phase, but there was a point where it was simply just acting on stage. There was another point where it was simply acting in front of a camera, doing movies, TV shows, commercials, all that good stuff. And so I got my first big role um, in Wally Lamb's Wishing and Hoping, which was on the Lifetime channel. And I played Geraldine. That was with Molly Ringwald. Meatloaf was in it. Sherry O'Terry. And Jimmy Chase. That, yep. And that was that was a great movie. And it was very, very fun. And there were so many kids my age there because it was like, you know, middle school classroom setting and it was really fun. We would just like, we lived in the hotel with Molly and we went to Mohegan Sun with her. And that was so fun. Like that was genuinely the best summer I think of my life. And I remember Molly Ringwald saying to me, she said on the last day of filming, when we were moving out of the hotel, she said, I was the best child actor that she has ever worked with. And I said to her, I was like, I'm writing that on my grave. And I am, I'm writing that on my tombstone. Molly Ringwald said I was the best child actor. That's what's going on my tombstone. That's, that's all I got to say. 
We can end the interview right here. That's a perfect way. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, tombstone. Right. Edit the tombstone in right now. <laughs> Best actor I ever worked with. <laughs> but you know what's funny? When I was doing my research, I knew I was laughing was people were asking about working with all these people. And you're like, I really wasn't that impressed because like, I really didn't know I who they were. It. I was more impressed with these Disney kids that I was working with, which I think yeah. is funny. You worked with a lot of these great, I mean, you just mentioned that one movie. Molly Ringwald, Sherry O'Terry, Meatloaf, who's a legend, Chevy Chase, which I think he was the narrator in that movie, if I'm correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have a chance to meet him? I don't remember. I don't <laughs> think so. I really don't think so. But because we wouldn't be filming on the same days. Yeah, that's what I figured. So yeah. Probably not. Unless, like, we did have a cast party at the end. So unless he was there for that, maybe. But. I don't remember. No. I don't know. Right, let's talk about Christmas all over again. That starred Joey Lawrence from Blossom. And then he was in another show with his brothers. So he, he's, he was a big star in the uh, 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. Did and you have any scenes with him? I didn't see that movie, but did you have any scenes no, with him? No, but Christy Carlson Romano directed it. She was on Even Stevens and Kim Possible. And then Sean Ryan Fox from Henry Danger was in it. Um, Armani Jackson, he's in this new... I think it's like the Teen Wolf series, the new Teen Wolf that just came out on like Hulu a couple of weeks ago or like a month ago. He's an amazing actor too. He recently just like skyrocketed like to fame. And so he's, he's very, very good at what he does. And so I've been keeping tabs on him, you know, watching his work and he's very talented. And that was a really cool movie. But at this time before I even like got the role or anything, I was very obsessed with Henry Danger. Yeah. So when I found out that, Sean Ryan Fox was going to be on the show or in the movie. I was like, then I found out I had scenes with him. Wow. Wow. And I, I had like a fat crush on this boy. So I was like, <laughs> famous hot boy from Nick over here. I was like, oh, in love, in love. You have to make more room in that tombstone. <laughs> I know. Molly I Ringwald, Sean Ryan Fox. Yeah. It was a good time. Then you worked with Uncle Ed with oh, Saving yeah. Christmas. Uncle Ed Asner, Patrick Muldoon, Brooke Langton. That's it. Yeah, that was that was a fun movie. I had a I was an ice rink worker, and they ended up cutting my scene, but I still got paid, so who cares? And right. um, so <laughs> I was in that. I had like I had a little monologue. I was just talking about like how much I love Christmas and like people have to believe in Santa. Kids, you need to believe in Santa if you're listening. And um, you know, so talking about that and um he was he was very very sweet when we were on there. Rest in peace to his soul. He is a very he was a very kind-hearted man and he treated our family so amazingly, especially my mother because they have been friends for years and she was like a father to him or a grandfather to her. And that was just, you know, very hard watching, you know, her go through her ups and downs with that kind of grief because the relationship they had is truly like no other. And that's, it's very special what they had. And so it's very inspiring. And when we were on that set together, it was very, very awesome because it was like, it wasn't just, I. it wasn't like, oh, I'm in a movie with Ed Asner big actor, Mary Tyler Moore, it was, oh my gosh, I'm playing alongside my family friend. Like it, it was a different kind of yay. So yeah. it was very interesting because then it's like 
people are coming up to us saying, Ed, Ed, Ed. And I'm over here. I didn't even know what Mary Tyler Moore was. I was like 12. And I just think, why is everyone talking to Ed like they know him? Like, <laughs> can they leave us alone? Can we have privacy? Why do they want him right now? Like, That's funny. Stuff like that. But he was a very, very sweet man. So, yeah. I would have loved to have met him. I've seen interviews with him and I watched all the shows. I mean, Lou Grant, Mary Tyler Moore, the different movies he was in. And he just seems like a, I mean, obviously you're confirming what I already knew that he was a great guy. Yeah. yeah. Everything like his characters. Like he has a very like smart ass sense. Can I say that on here? I don't know. Yeah, you can say whatever you want here. Sense of humor. And he's like exactly like his characters. And then, so this was another thing. I was watching Criminal Minds last year. And come to find out, he played Hotch's father on Criminal Minds. So I'm watching the show, eating my breakfast before um, like school or something. Mom? Yeah, Lexi, what's up? Ed's on the TV. What are you watching? Criminal Minds. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I, he's everywhere. Yeah. He's actor of all time, honestly. Ever, he's one. Yep. He has the record of most Emmys. One. I didn't realize that. I mean, he def. I could definitely yeah. imagine that, and I could see why because he was. One. It's so funny as you mentioned how you know in real life he's just like his character. One of my favorite lines was from Mary, Mary Tyler Moore. He went up to Mary Tyler Moore because I'm sure you know the show by now. He played her boss, Lou Grant. Yeah. He goes, "You got spunk." Oh, thank you. I hate. Spunk. Bunk. Just the way he yeah. said it was so funny. No, that's how he is. Like that, <laughs> that. I know exactly how what you're talking about. That inflection of his voice. That's him. Like honestly, that's not acting. That's him. That's him. That's yeah. who he is, and it's amazing, and it works great because look at all the success he has. So worth it. I'm, I'm very happy you had a chance to work with him before, and he unfortunately passed away. That you had a chance to work with Uncle yeah. Eddie. Yeah. Um, another movie though you i mean you did a lot in your short career short career over here my adventures with santa denise richards patrick muldoon and i dream of genie barbara eden yeah that was cool i was a singing elf in that so i was singing behind the scenes and it was really cool because i was on by myself and i was just in this like big santa workshop that was filmed somewhere in i think it was in connecticut pretty sure yeah and that was really really cool and Patrick Muldoon was very, very nice. And then Barbara Eden and I took a picture. Sweetest lady ever. Seriously. And she, oh my gosh, she is stunning. Like, she is very beautiful. And she's very talented. And I had a great time filming that too. I only filmed for one day. It was it was quick, but it was fun. I mean, it wasn't really quick because, you know, filming for one day is 10 hours. But exactly. um, it was... It's, it's it was to hurry fun. up and wait. That's what they call it, the hurry up and wait. I was on a couple film sets and it was this, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. They'll film 30 seconds or a minute of a scene. You're like, all right, cut. And then like they'll wait an hour. All right, put get back in the same position you were. All right, let's do it again. Film yep. for another five minutes. All right, cut. Yep. It's like, you gotta get all the different angles. Yep. You know, yeah. So I really like film. I hope to do more films in the future. Um, right now I feel like more, I'm, I'm definitely more passionate about my music. So, I mean, there's, there's times for everything, you know, if something's meant to be, it will be, but you also got to work for it too. 
So that's something I'm trying to, you know, figure out with my life. I'm going to hopefully over the summer is when I'm going to get back into all this and like really pursue my music and um, acting careers. So we got things look to look forward to, things we got to work for over the summer because right now I'm so busy with school. It is ridiculous. Talk about that because you are quite the overachiever. Not one to rest on your laurels. You were accepted into nine out of nine colleges and you cho chose the University of Hartford. And you are majoring in radiology. So uh, not only but are you a I, singer, an actress, now you're going to be a radiologist. Yeah, well, I transferred from University of Hartford. I went there for my first semester, but I like being home. I get very homesick. So I came back home with my family now, and um, now I go to community college near us. So, But I'm still going to be majoring in radiology, so I'm excited. And I don't know, I because I've had so many concussions, I've always been curious with like the technology that I was being put into whenever I got a head CT or a CAT scan. And I kind of just like always wondered how it worked. I was like, why don't I just do that for a living? And that's what I've decided. And that's what I'm going to do. You know what I like? When you decide something, you really do it. You're not one of these people who just talks about you. You actually, you're, an, you're a person of action. I like that. I have a drive and I have a motivation. Exactly. And you have the talent to back it up and everything oh, that you do. So do you consider yourself an influencer? No. You know? I want to. Deep down, my heart is saying, say yes, but I'm not. I want to be, kind of, but, because it pays good. No. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think I am one, so. Well, I I tend to disagree with that from the stories you're telling me about all the sexy Lexis and people creating fan pages for you and all the other things being played at the Danbury Mall without your knowledge. I really think that you uh, have some kind of influence on people. <laughs> I feel like no one really knows that it's me, though, unless they personally know me. That's the thing. So I don't know. I got to figure it out. I got to figure out how to start blowing up more on TikTok. That's what I got to do. I got to do my homework. It's getting late. You're, you're already 19 years old. Come on. I mean, no, I 18, know. sorry. You're only going to be 18, 18, sorry. So you, you don't but, have that much time left to go. Come on. I know. <laughs> I got to figure it out. All right. Uh, it's, before we leave, it was so great to have you on the show. You, I definitely have to have you back on the show because it was so Please much fun. Do. Great time. I, I love it. What's next and where can people find you? You could find me on Instagram at Lexi White, E-E, -E, which is L-E-X-I. W-H-I-T-E-E-E. -E -E, and that's the same at for my TikTok as well. Um, I'm going to be putting out more music soon, hopefully within the next couple months. And follow me to keep up on my journey. I'm singing at different venues, you know, singing for different games, for sports teams and stuff. So if you want to follow along on my journey, by all means, you're welcome to do so. Sexy Lexi. Yes, you could become a Sexy Lexi offspring. Exactly. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Pretty sure you covered it all, Rich. You uh, got it. I, I like to do my job. Just like you, I take my job very seriously. Good. It means a lot that you care so much. I'm telling you, we're, like, we're the same. We're, we are the same. We Basically, the same. Even, like, I don't know how people could tell us apart. I don't know. I, I mean, looking at us right now, I'm, I was looking over at the left. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm, at the, I'm, the, I'm on the other I know. side. I, I can't tell who's who. I can't, I don't get it. All right. Just so the audience knows, I'll blink. There we go. Okay. So now they know that's me. <laughs>
<laughs> well, Lexi, it was so much fun having you on the show. I love your songs. I cannot wait to hear all the future releases, all the future successes. You have to come back. We're going to have another good time. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Rich. It's been awesome being on here. Thank you. That wraps up the latest episode of The Claws Corner. A huge thanks goes out to singer and actress Lexi White for taking time out of her extremely busy schedule to be on the show. I also need to thank editor extraordinaire John Bristol of Elmwood Productions for always doing a superb job editing this show each and every week and making it available to all. I am also extremely grateful to Joseph Timothy Quirk and Rob Bull for all of their hard work and dedication, making my show available on several Connecticut radio stations as well as Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. It's greatly appreciated. And lastly, but definitely not least, I need to thank you, the viewer, for always tuning in. Enjoy your day, everyone. All right, and... <laughs>